Welcome in to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and this is my loyal co-host, Jason. Hello. So this is our news episode. We have a weekly news episode, and this is it for this week. That's um, actually the news for this week. We were <laughs> announcing that we had news, and then we were going to pretty much check off. So, Nope. Good to see you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start out with uh, some Batman Arkham Knight news. Um, as anyone who's been following along with Arkham Knight knows, um, it was, the PC version of the game is actually so freaking buggy mm-hmm. that they got pulled off of shelves. Well, right. Earlier this, or uh, late in October, I think it was the 28th, they actually put it back on shelves. They're like, it's fixed. And it's actually still so screwed up that uh, Warner Brothers uh, or Rocksteady or whoever it is are actually just giving money back. They're just refunding people unconditionally. They have referred to these bugs as unfixable. Right. So, right. Um, so yeah, they literally the they PC. cried, Uncle. I, I yeah. I actually <laughs> I I'm willing to assume it's happened, but I can't like by topic and con- I can't name another time it happened. I'm I'm betting it has mm-hmm. that. A, a, do you remember that ever happening? Somebody as big uh, as Rocksteady mm-hmm. just saying, you know what, fuck it, we can't even get this right, just here's your money back, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, here's your money back, go buy a console. Right. Because apparently the console version is fine. Yeah, and great. Like that's the reason I think they were willing to do this, is because they don't want to lose their name, and they've already made their money back and more, so just mm-hmm. give people their money back. Like, PC's the lowest version of sales. Yeah. You're getting PlayStation and Xbox sales out the ass before you ever get a PC sale, so... No. Now, speaking, speaking though of uh, the console versions of this game. Oh wait, hold on. How much were you hoping mm-hmm. that they really re- released a patch where one of the the players, the available players, was Exterminator, and it happened to be the one that fixed the game? Like you have to play him, and then the game <laughs> suddenly gets fixed. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. It would be. <laughs> and cruel is all uh, hell. So, for anybody out there who is still planning on eventually buying Batman Arkham Knight and haven't gotten around to it yet. I know you're one of these, Jason. I am. Um, and you haven't decided whether you're, you're going to invest in a new Xbox One or a PS4. Turns out, even though it shows that it's going to be available at some point on the Xbox version, mm-hmm. the 60s Batman skins will not be available on Xbox One. It'll only be available on PS4. <laughs> and... Also, here's going to be, I think, the clincher for you. This is why you're probably going to be buying a PS4 soon. Oh, damn. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Here's right. here's the clincher. Okay. All, of the, uh, scare, all of the extra Scarecrow levels, only on PS4. Oh, fuck me. So what? you might as well go ahead and gear up for a PS4. I'm not used to the X, <laughs> like the PS buttons. It's, oh. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. But damn it. Yeah. That's going to suck, man. I'm just going to have sorry. to like rent the entire console and play Halo 5 one weekend and then just, you know, call it a day, go back. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Now, speaking of those same uh, Arkham games, mm-hmm. um, Grant Morrison, uh, they were asking him about, um, what, what were they asking about, about his Arkham Asylum comic being made into a game? Yeah, it was it was in a uh, a rambling interview, which I don't I don't know if anything ever other than a rambling interview exists with Morrison because it's well, I mean it's Grant Morrison. Uh, you you it, yeah. your best intentions as an interviewer are, are bound to be derailed. But yeah, well, they wondered 
if he would ever kind of conceive of like an Arkham Asylum movie, and then his retort mm-hmm. was kind of, well, you've seen the game, right? Right. He says that they made that fabulous game, the first Arkham Asylum game, which I thought was amazing. By the way, I'm really holding back. I really want to try to do that, that like an awful version of his accent, and I'm just, I don't want to subject you to it. No, I understand. Um, I understand. And he says, uh, for a few for are, a few seconds, it's cute, and then for this length, come on. Yeah. The first Arkham Asylum game, which I thought was amazing, and the last one was probably the best Batman artifact ever. Uh, the first one and the last one were great, so having had the experience of going through Arkham Asylum in that game, with tactile nature of it in the sense that you were really Batman, mm-hmm. and the scale that they built into the game, I don't know if they could do a film as good as the game. I'd be interested to see them try. That is an opinion that Jason and I both had right. while we were playing through Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Um, and de- you know, definitely those two, I kind of bowed out on the others, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not your fault. Morrison on that. has I've our back. You're on okay. Opinion. Yeah, <laughs> but they have uh, they have like the Arkham tapes during the course of those games mm-hmm. uh, that are especially during Asylum very much focused on the the, the origin of Arkham as as an institution. Like they feel, if not derivative, at least related to Grant Morrison's absolutely infamous and indefamable Arkham Asylum. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with, with Grant. <laughs> when has that not happened? Um, Around the point where he was following um, blobs of silvery goo into space and learning about the nature of the universe. Oh, well, that happens. He also wrote that song with Lennon one time. But he did kill Damien. 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 Yeah. That's true. It helps. But I like Damien. I have always liked Damien. So. Yeah. He reminds me of Alexander from, from Star Trek The Next Generation. Worf's son. See here. Yes, we will defeat them, Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if him and Wesley had <laughs> I a kid. Like him. No, why Wesley? It... <laughs> Damien was not a nerd. No, but he he wasn't yeah. lame. He was a little dick. I liked him. Yeah, but he was probably as clever as Wesley. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> different <laughs> problem, different news. franchise, different things. Uh, let's not get into that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the fire was stoked. There's a new series. Wait, it's, okay. Yeah, yeah. They did announce. Uh, CBS did announce a new Star Trek series, and it's gonna. I don't. I don't know. It's gonna be on their own like little streaming service for like five ninety nine a mm-hmm. month. And it's. Mm-hmm. I. They're like, oh, it's gonna be the. Uh, it's gonna be the the flagship series on our new thing, and I'm like, yeah, because you didn't do that twenty years ago and right. weep over it, right. you idiots. <laughs> You're still not trying to figure out how that failed you. CBS, don't even look in your own archives. Just pop on over to Google and type in Star Trek Voyager and UPN. See what comes up. Right. So. <laughs> right. On to some movie news. Just go check out the zeitgeist on that one, bitches. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> David Goyer um, has recently come out defending uh, Superman killing in Man mm-hmm. of Steel. And I just thought, I, I saw this and, and Jason saw this. We thought it was interesting. Um, he says, um, this was a Superman who had only been Superman for like a week. He wasn't Superman as we think of him in the DC comics or even in a world that conceived of Superman existing. Mm -hmm. He'd only flown for the first time in, uh, a few days before that. He'd never fought anyone that had superpowers before. He's going up against a guy who's not only superpowered, but has been training since birth to use those superpowers, who exists as a superhuman killing machine, who as stated... I will. Who has stated I will never stop until I destroy all of humanity. First of all, 
Zod had not been training for his entire existence to have those superpowers. No. He had not been training since birth to have those superpowers. He had he just he had, got them on Earth. In fact, <laughs> Goyer, Goyer, the guy who wrote it, doesn't remember that um, Superman actually used the <laughs> the influx of powers against him to take him off guard. Yes. Right. So I just want to put that no, out no, there he's, before he's I been, get into the next quote. Like, for just a second, Goyer makes a ton of sense because he, bear in mind, just a second. Because mm-hmm. f- for one moment, he kind of points out, look, Superman's just dealing with this guy that's as evil as him and as powerful as him. Mm-hmm. And this guy might end up being better than he is at controlling those powers and making use of them. And for one vulnerable second, you have that life at your disposal versus mm-hmm. the adopted home. Mm-hmm. If if I put it like that, I can make a case for it. And then sure. if I, And then here's Goyer fucking it up. He goes on to say, If you take Superman out of it, what's the right way to tell that story? I think the right way to tell that story is if you take this powered alien who says, you can have your race back, but you have to kill your adopted race, the moral, horrible situation to be in is to actually be forced to kill. Not wanting to, uh, the, other, the only other person from your race. Take Superman aside, I think that's the right way to tell that story. Okay, so he says that. And I kind of feel him, but at the same time, the actual his <laughs> the idea behind the statement is what's wrong. He says, "Take Superman aside." If you take Superman out of the story, mm-hmm. you're writing a Superman movie. Yeah, the, the about no Man Superman, I... who has on numerous occasions taken that chance to either kill or let live, and found a different way to go other right. than killing. That is who that character is at that core. But this is the dude who who wrote Dark Knight Rises, so you can't you know you can't expect him to look at it from a perspective of the character. I know, I know. So and, and no, he, once you take Superman out of it, you have not you have effectively not written a Superman movie. Which, by the way, I am again one of these. As I've said before, I'm one of these guys who says Superman has always killed Zod. He killed him in Superman Two. Sure. He killed him in the comics. Sure. He you know. He's always killed Zod. Check, so check, and check. What are we bitching about? <laughs> I'm just saying Gorier's wrong for the reasons that he's giving. That's I, all I'm saying. I was good with it as a spur of the moment naivete based decision. Like he hasn't grown into the Boy Scout yet. That mm-hmm. I, the the entire reason the Joker's still around is because it, it at least theoretically and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of canon that remains to be explored, but at least theoretically, Batman chooses to let him live versus becoming the villain that he is. Right. That's a hero trope within at at least DC Comics. I mean, I I can't find it anywhere mm-hmm. better than DC Comics. It's it's a hero trope. It, it's always going to be there. It's how heroes work. So fine, but at least as a version of Superman being new to this game, not really understanding how to deal with it and taking care of a problem the way the way he mm-hmm. understood the the stakes as they were at that time. Like he hasn't gotten into the the version of him that's going to be the leader of the Justice League or the the person right. who can lead an entire planet morally. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, that nice little pep talk from ghost dad was one thing, but shit, it, it didn't exactly give you the fine points. It was, it was rhetoric. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Goyer. That's what we expect from you. Needless, useless fucking rhetoric. And you, 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 you champed it, man. You got it. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, like I said, though, not, not necessarily against Superman killing, you know, it is the catalyst in the comics for him to be like, I will never kill again. Sure. 
Well, that's all right. I mean, you know, every hero's got to have a murder to have a moral, to suss out their moral um, standards. <laughs> it it happens all the time. <laughs> Season one of Arrow. Shit. Right. I mean, what? <laughs> all right. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Suicide Squad. Let's talk mm-hmm. about some Suicide Squad, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I hate David Ayer. <laughs> I may hate him. That remains to be David seen. Ayer. But he also may be giving us a great movie. So it may be hey. absolutely futile for me to hate him. He might be, but for the wrong reasons. I don't know, man. I he Okay, he said this. He said this. Um, this is David Ayer. You know, all these movies are about defeating the evil alien robot from fucking Planet X before it destroys the world with its ticking clock. And who the fuck cares? But you do a story about struggle and isolation and people who have been shit on that suddenly get thrown this thrown into this lifeline. That's not so bad. So first of all, he thinks his movie is not so bad. Okay, I, I like to think I of would, this as comic book movie 2.0. Yeah, I would uh-huh. like to. I would like to hope that the movie's not so bad. And so far, I have every reason right. to believe that. Um, I I kind of he's he's gonna be wrong about comic book movie 2.0 because. As many variations of as there have been, we've tried a few things. Mm-hmm. We've tried the the just the story about a, a hero. We've tried hell, like Ant Man's a different kind of fucking hero movie for me. It, right. It loosely put the stakes on, but it's just it's a very quiet story. And you know, you put it next to the story that he's telling. Like he's really referencing Avengers two. I mean, and, and really he's, Avengers he's, one as we go. Like, no, no, he's not. Yeah. He thinks he's re- he thinks he's referencing that. <laughs> But he hasn't. But he hasn't seen it, and he hasn't paid attention to it. If he thinks that's what comic book movies are, then he's an idiot, and I don't trust him with my franchise. Well, not entirely. Um, I I don't like anyone who's that. All right, let me put it this way: it it disconcerts me that he's that uh, aggressive about it, that he's that reactive. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he may also, if it's just. If it's just because he's into his thing, because he wants to tell a story about a bunch of people who aren't supposed to be heroes, who end up being heroes. Like, if he's just trying to tell an anti-hero story, that's fine. All of this will play just fine. I mean, he doesn't have to be telling a story about the world ending. He just has to be telling a story about a bunch of people who implicitly even might otherwise kind of bring that about themselves. I mean, there's a fucking enchantress right. involved, for fuck's sake. So, but when he when he says, uh, he says, he seems to be picking on Marvel specifically, because I don't know of any other company who's done the any kind of thing with evil alien robots. I know, <laughs> recently. I know. But, it, it, but when he says... If it's only context story, and timing, it definitely feels like he's talking about it. But he says, but you do a story about struggle and isolation and people who have been shit on that suddenly get thrown in this lifeline. This first thing I thought of was not Suicide Squad. The first thing I thought of was Sin City. Oh, I, I didn't at all. I actually thought of Iron As Man. As he described his own movie. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't think of that. But um, Which was a great movie. Thank you, Favreau. Which actually kind of goes really well with uh, some listener feedback we got. Randall Smith uh, sent us a an email and says, Why do the Warner Brothers DCEU staff, Zack Snyder, and various actors included, and uh, uh, we can throw David Ayer in, uh, constantly throw insults at Marvel Studios. Is it jealousy or is it possibly a corporate culture at WB that convinces them that no matter how poorly some material is received by fans, their methods is right no matter what? I'm so glad we have people like you to hold their feet to the fire. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Randy. Um, yeah, we we can be <laughs> bastards if the world needs that. We're there. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I personally think Maybe I don't nothing know nothing else that. we're equipped for, but we can be dicks. <laughs> 
Yeah, I honestly don't think, though, that there's a corporate mandate to be dicks. I think that they are just... I think Zack Snyder and David Ayer are both the kinds of guys who really plug into the to the environment of the fans who are like really competitive against Marvel. Oh, sure. And I think that's why the, there there are a lot of DC fans who are just oh, Marvel's all Disney and Marvel's like cartoons and have you seen Daredevil? Have you seen Jessica Jones? I think you're wrong. Right. But I mean Jessica Jones is going to be all sorts of brutal and rapey. But hey, there, there's there's no levity to that trailer, none. Uh, so I, I think you know a lot of those, <laughs> those uh, Marvel haters are wrong on that. I I think every franchise has its has its um, has its tone, and it can all coexist. Sure. But I, I do. It does seem to be that uh, <laughs> the the WB uh, people, specifically the film people. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to rope Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell into this. I think they would show up on Ages of Shield if someone told them they could. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> but Stephen Amell would be—he would be standing there in costume next to Paul Rudd right fucking now if you gave him permission. Right, but you know, and you, bringing it all have, together, happy as he could be. Like, and I will say this, and I we we were. Uh, basically a sister show to uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast that has nothing to do with our opinions on the matter, really. It's just, we like Marvel, too. Yeah. Um, and they have talked about how how, how all the people over on that are running our shit are such dicks. <laughs> <laughs> like, Snyder and Ayer are dicks. They just are. That, look, there's like, a chance that I there is some corporate mentality to it, where, where you, you, there you, might be. you create a, a if in, in a corporation you do, you create a competitive mentality. Now, you do it on two levels. You do it internally and externally, obviously. So you, you tell everyone that the other company is bad and that they are capable and should do better. And then you mm-hmm. tell everyone within the company that the person just above them isn't isn't quite as deserving as they are, and the person below should be treated uh, better, I suppose. But you yeah. you create that hostility on purpose. I mean, that's part of how you motivate in that kind of company. I mean, that sure, but I'm not sure it's as big a part as what I what I think is really just man, they're they're catching up. I feel like they're yeah. they. Th- I feel like they feel like they are playing catch up and that is really affecting their mentality. Yeah, they they are I mean it's small dog mentality at this point. Right. And it's kind and of I know it sounds ridiculous strange because it's fucking DC comics. But when you look mm-hmm. at just just the last few years, when you look at, you know, Iron Man Plus, take out the Nolan films, mm-hmm. they no longer matter, guys. They're not what have you done for me lately? Iron Man Plus is yeah. one big continuity where everything is growing. The numbers are still there. There hasn't been a lack of retention in you know asses and seats anywhere. Right. Uh, no, you know, fuck. DC is trying to catch even up the on one that. that they were. Yeah, even the one that they were worried about. Ant Man has did like fine. Suddenly, it yeah, the numbers were really good, and it just opened in China and like the second biggest opening in China. Everyone's so. really happy with it. Yeah. Uh, it's sorry. It, and I, also Terry, Terry Gilliam is behind it or Gilliam, whatever is from Monty, Monty Python. He said he was, he liked Ant-Man still doesn't like superhero movies, but likes Ant-Man. There you go. I that's mean, a ringing endorsement. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, it, they're, they are, they're playing catch up and they, they know that they're doing it numbers wise. They're being told 
this is a little bit how the corporate mentality works. Though they're being told they're making X amount of money, and why aren't you? Mm-hmm. That that is a message they're receiving, possibly on a daily basis. If not, something kind of close to it. Like people like Snyder, people like Ayer, all of these people are hearing that mentality of of why haven't you made me this much money? The film they expected to fail, Paul Rudd still made you that much money. What are you doing for me? No, keep in mind though, Zack Snyder at best he's a a low rent Joss Whedon for the DCEU. David Ayer is <laughs> one director, one director. Right, right. They're nipping at Kevin Feige's heels, the man who is crafting an entire universe, who's over all of the, you know, Joss Whedon's and uh, <laughs> subsequent directors right. over at Marvel. And so is they built it differently, because too. DC, like Suicide Squad yeah. takes a step that they haven't taken, because they're trying an ensemble yeah. as part of the, the base of the pyramid, where Marvel didn't. Yeah. We tried single but, characters. You know, but I'm just looking at this as like, we... There is no Kevin Feige at Warner Brothers. And if there is, it it's kind of Zack Snyder, but not really. I, I think it is de so, facto Zack Snyder right now. Right now it is, but if we're looking at whether or not I'm going to side with Kevin Feige, who has, by the way, been nothing but full of class the entire time. Like, he's responded, responded to all of this going, well, yeah, I mean, it was I'm not saying it's gonna, we're going to be better than DC or worse, but... You know, we're trying. We're doing what we want to do, and um, I think they're just different properties. Yeah, no, his, his and you have like that response to basically like Zack Snyder over in the corner screaming, "No, you guys are fags!" Like, right? Wait, that's not a that's not a nice response, Zack. You should, dude. That's not cool. Yeah, I've seen him be. I've seen him be classy. <laughs> there just there's a couple of leaks in the armor where it feels like they they've. It's just a couple of times where it sounded like a chihuahua talking to a bigger dog instead of just I, I actually have two people. I have I have noticed Zack Snyder calming down right. since David Ayer started speaking because Ayer is worse than Snyder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's Ayer the other thing. Awful. I haven't. Th- this is what excites. I haven't heard Ayer get really fucking like. I, I, he's so upset. He's 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 galvanizing. He really is. He he wants. He wants it to be this way. He wants it to be DC. He wants it to be this kind of movie and all that. And great. He's uh, so he he very much reminds me of the dude from Boondock Saints. I've said it before. Like the writer director of Boondock Saints. Like, dude, calm your shit. Go get another tattoo and calm the hell down. Right. I don't know, man. I on the one hand, it yeah, it could backfire on us. It really could. And the reason I think Ayer is getting so much, uh, I, I guess, speech time. Uh, why, the reason he's getting so much of our face time is. Uh, viewers and people who might give a shit is because he's mm-hmm. in charge of launching that many properties at once. I mean, dude, there are a lot of people in that movie. I mean, just yeah. just doing Suicide Squad with just having Joker and Harley Quinn was enough to be like these these right. are precious things I'm handing you. Do not fuck them up. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he really does. He has a he has a huge portion in like he may be a Favreau. He may be come in and came in do do his bit, call it for king and country, show up a little bit here and there, and let someone else do it. That may be it. But he might, yeah. We're we're kind of hoping that all of this uh, vitriol is going to somehow result in an experience that's just enthralling when it comes down to actual screen time. Well, you know, I, it's, 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 it's possible. A... I I don't know how to bet on it right now, but it is at least possible. What is unfortunate, I think, is I think a lot of people, like, these movies, these DC movies, are going to... I mean, look at how much money the Marvel movies make. Right. A lot of their audience are going to need to kind of be interested in this, too. Yeah. Yeah, so you should not uh, be polarizing people on the concept. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 
if someone randomly says, well, I don't know much about DC or Batman or anything, but I like the Avengers and the Marvel movies, and then you have the guys who are making the DC stuff telling you, no, you're people who like that are you know children. They like stupid shit. You're going to be like, oh, well, no, I'm not a child. I guess I won't go see Suicide Squad. I don't think it'll actually backfire on him because what what if if it goes down like that, it'll be Marvel people listening to Snyder's comments here and there on an interview somewhere, and thinking, oh well, they don't sound bad because Snyder's being classy is all it's all hell about it, right? So they'll pop <clears> over <throat> and go watch a DC movie, and then once they're in, they're in. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to be like when we all look back on this in you know six or seven years. I don't know if it's going to be possible to watch you know what what's it going to be around that time like. Man of Steel 2, maybe. Maybe. Um, nah, We're, we're going to be dealing with, like, Cyborg by then, I suppose. Um, yeah, probably. We're into Justice League 2, <laughs> I think. Like, by then, you're going to be thinking, man, I couldn't have watched all of this without the Suicide Squad movie. Because it's going to be integral. Mm-hmm. That's They're going to build. They're going to grow. It's it's they're, it's part of the fundament. Well, all, you know, all I'm saying is I, but I'm looking forward to But once you're in, you're going to be I... in. So Zack Snyder's helping DC, and DC's yeah. not helping Marvel, which seems rude, frankly. Yeah. But realistically, I, you know, if you're not the kind of person who's paying attention to producer comments, they're all just helping each other. Come on, man. Yeah. We're all just seeing well, this crap, seeing trailers, seeing promos, and thinking, oh, fuck, I gotta see that. Yeah, I mean, in one way, you know, you think, well, that's not classy. But then the other way, you're like, well, that is kind of, I mean, you're amping people up. Yeah, I know. Either I mean, way. look, it's um, rival teams playing a sport, man. I mean, when the Yanks mm-hmm. and the Red Sox play, people give a shit. That's either, but that's what I hate. That's one of the things I hate about sports is just like the belligerent rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> you sir are not a sports fan. <laughs> I am not. Um, Anyone else who has a belligerent rivalry they want to uh, to talk about? Send me a message. Mm. So um, David Ayer is also talking about uh, Harley Quinn and how she's going to be trying to break free from the Joker's influence. He says it's about her breaking free of the Joker and becoming this fully actualized independent person. Right. Maybe he should be over on Arrow and helping Thea out. That really is a metaphor for everyone's journey here. Um, and he's, they're dumb, he's talking about um, Deadshot. Like, his version, though, of her becoming a fully actualized inde- independent person is dating Deadshot. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how to I, describe that. I uh, think I've already uh, made my point. A tangentially uh, actualized person. Yeah. Look, it's... I think I've made my point. Showing someone uh, I, dating on the rebound is not going to make you a your own character. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a step in the right direction. But I need something after that. Or you you were just a person rebounding from another thing. There has to be a third step. I'm afraid I'll be rebounding right into a Marvel movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a big deal as people think it it will be. I really don't. I, I think it's going to be I like a, a side glance thing. I think they're going to end up using uh, Lauden as kind of a vehicle to just make sure that people know that she's not batshit crazy for the Joker the entire. That it's not actually you know the worst parts of Mad Love as far as the obsessive uh, right. codependency goes. I think it's just going to be, well, that's the word I want, really. It's just going to be them showing us that she's not codependent. And it's not mm. going to be much more that than that. I, I think that's where that's going to go. What I would like to see is a, an in Bruges-type Harley Quinn solo movie. Like, we we have flashbacks of her time as Harley with the Joker. Mm-hmm. We see her, like, in the Mad Love phase. We kind of go back into the future and show her as the badass she is now. Sans Joker, sans Deadshot. You know, no... No man defining her, sort of almost in her 
fourth wall breaking Deadpool esque type uh, mentality yeah. that she kind of has now. I mean, she like but, there are stories where she's she's on Apocalypse kicking ass with a mm-hmm. bunch of other chicks. Like it, those were fantastic stories. <laughs> she didn't need the Joker. <laughs> she didn't need Deadshot for some damned reason. She didn't even need Batman to be fighting against. It. She was just out there because she thought it was a good idea and kicking mm-hmm. ass. <sighs> All right, on to some other news. Um, so you guys will remember that Nicole Kidman played uh, Dr. Chase Meridian in Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently she's in talks for a major role in Wonder Woman now. Really? Not as Chase Meridian, thank God. But Yeah, sure. Um, I would like to see her do something DC-related and actually be good. She is a good actress. I've seen her do good stuff. Oh, no, no, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. She gets in the wrong movie every now and then, but don't they all? Fuck. I mean, I, yeah. she's she's she, talented. <laughs> She wanders in every once in a while. Right. Shit happens. And I looks around and goes, oh, what the hell is this? I'm okay. But, um, yeah, it, people pretty much think she's going to be uh, Queen Hippolyta. Um, oh, I'd be down for that. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Right? I can totally see that. Um, now, I have nothing a to long offer time ago. I don't know. <laughs> right? Um, now, a long time ago, there was a rumor mm-hmm. that, well, it was actually stated that Matthew McConaughey was, <laughs> was talking to both... Marvel and DC about playing something. See, we don't I, know what. I saw that. What I saw as a headline at one point was Matthew McKay talking to DC and Marvel. And I assumed the rest of the headline was about which one would have exclusive rights to not be able to cast him in anything. Right. Well, Matthew McConaughey has officially turned down the the, the role of the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So he might be showing up in DC at some point. I, Nothing I, else really on that. Just... It might happen. Don't get me wrong. In the right spot, <laughs> he's a lot of fun. He really is. In the wrong spot, yeah, he's, he's distracting as all fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, he's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> like that's the fun part is he in the right role he feels like somebody else for a second. In the wrong fo- in the wrong role he just reeks of Matthew McConaughey. Uh, like, all right, uh, off the top of your head. Top three roles you could see him playing in the DC universe. Oh, fuck. In DC? Yeah. Um, well, Booster Gold would actually come onto that list. Mm. Um, uh, at, at a lark, I'd have to say... Um, oh, what is the name of that guy? Shit. I'm down on it right now. It's one of the uh, one of the strange guys. The strange guys? No. It's, mm, it's a name <laughs> I can't find. It honestly, it's a name I can't find. I can't do anything with it. I'll look that up through the would course like of this a- episode and come back. I really will. I'll have to. Okay. Okay. But All here's right. the sad part. I can think of Booster Gold. I can think of this other goofy character that I'm thinking about, and I'll find the name. And then after that, it I run out of goofy characters that I think would have enough weight to, for him to even try. Well, see, I'm I'm not even looking at it from a goofy perspective. I mean, you look at him. He's, he did True Detective. I mean, he's I've seen him. Like you look at Frailty. He, he's done really good. Like Interstellar. He does. He he has done really good dramatic work. Yeah, sure. I'd love to see him as Commissioner Gordon. No, 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 no not Gordon. Definitely I think he could Gordon. do it. I think he could do it. Honestly, do. Uh, I think he could do a lot of things that people wouldn't wouldn't assume. I'm not. I'm not trying to say like Ben McKenzie is the guy. I, it, it's nothing like that. I just. I, I'm not sure, but I can't think of my guy, so I have no retort. So yours wins for now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I, I think it'd be cool to see him pop up somewhere, but I think if uh, I'm, I'm willing it, to. Roll would it with be it. absolutely crazy to say Baby Scarecrow? Hmm. You know, he did that. He did that movie uh, a couple years ago where he was really super thin. Yeah, Dallas. Hunt, and he Dallas, looked like Scarecrow. Dallas Hunters Club. Dallas Millionaire. Dallas Club. Buyers Club. There you go. Yeah, 
the Dallas Buyers Club, yeah. There you and go. he was creepy looking. Ugh. He, but yeah, he I think really he could was. totally do it. I um, think he'd totally do it. But, I could uh, see him as a crane. I could, I mean, as a crane, it'd have to be, for me, I think it'd have to be the one that Ooh. knows specifically who Wayne is and wants to come after him. I so, know. What you got? What you got? I know exactly. Tommy Elliott. Oh, shit. Hush would be fun. <laughs> All right, we'll move on on You're that. You're not one. wrong. That should be a lot of fun. I'm going to come back at a random point in this episode and and give you my uh, the name that I've finally found. Alrighty, or should I say, all right, all right, all right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Doctor Light, the guy, the rapey one. Oh. <laughs> rapey Doctor Light. Okay. All right, so there is a huge rumor going on uh, from Joe Blow, which is a pretty reputable, um, it's a pretty reputable uh, site as far as movie rumors go. They've 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 had some scoops that the first Batman movie, the solo Batman movie, is going to be basically under the Red Hood. That it's going to have uh, you know Red Hood and Nightwing is going to be there, and uh, you know Joker, Jared Leto's Joker and Affleck are going to go head to head and. Joker and Red Hood will be two separate villains, obviously opposed, but right. also opposed to Batman in the picture. If you've seen Batman Under the Red Hood with uh, freaking, what was it? Was it Bruce Greenwood? Was that who he was in playing Batman? And uh, Jensen Ackles as Red Hood and I, John DiMaggio as the Joker and NPH, Neil Patrick Harris as Nightwing? Yeah, I think you have all those right. Um, yeah. I would, it would tank the rest of the franchise. The rest of the DCEU would, would just fall, but I would happily watch neil patrick harris as nightwing while that happened i would not it wouldn't work i would be very never saying it would work i'm just saying it would amuse the fuck out of me on the way out it would amuse me but i don't want to see it (laughs) (laughs) we can't have all the Um, things we we just can't have all the things that's all that's what it comes out to so i mean i don't know if that's if that's going to be a real thing but uh, i mean i'm I'm down for it i just kind of wish that they hadn't made it into a full-fledged animated movie which was actually a pretty damn good movie if i'm being honest but whatever i don't know maybe they'll do something new with it i I mean the rumor does say that this dick grayson as nightwing and jason todd as red hood so that would put to rest a lot of issues if they actually announced that before batman uh, versus superman i would be really happy just go ahead and announce that yeah that that would just make you happy on a very personal level and it would Put an end to all these idiotic things. Yeah, rumors. <laughs> like just just making sure that we know that Grayson ends up as Nightwing and Todd ends up as uh, Red Hood. Like that takes out a lot of the so much noise is gone. It just just gone. Mm-hmm. And it, it would make a lot of us more calm as as the premiere looms. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who is not calm: the people watching Supergirl. Supergirl. Dude, it scored a 3.2 in adults, 18 to 49. Mm-hmm. Near, very nearly 13 million viewers. That's 12.94 million viewers. That is... That is well, holy shit numbers. That's that's the best for series premiere this fall. Easy. They have beaten the... They beat the pilot for Gotham last year. They, yeah, they, like, they, let's they, put it this way. They, they're walking away with all the chips. Yeah, like when... They're walking away with all DC... the chips. When DC was coming out with a show, like Arrow hit three something million, Flash hit three something million, but it was a little bit higher. Gotham was a huge success because it hit four point nine million, and people thought, "Oh shit, we got it. We're, we're in the one point sixes share. We're, we're yay." No man, you weren't twelve point nine four. 
Yeah. So we're absolutely clear about whether people, you know, cared about a, a female action hero. 12.94. Mm-hmm. Drop the mic and walk away, guys. Honestly, just cancel and, the rest of the series. You can't go uphill from here. And, yeah, here's... Don't air episode and, two, walk away and burn the tapes. You'll be I, a legend. I, I, you know, we can confirm those numbers, too, because we got more than twice as much as we... Twice as many downloads as we normally do yeah. on the Supergirl episode. Yeah, just the Supergirl random episode was, people strolling in. Yeah, just huge. So that was like the big. Just normally, we a, knew it was going to be big. Normally, a tight group of uh, misanthropes, but some hopeful people wandered in from the side stage. Yeah, welcome to have them. But damn, <laughs> welcome aboard, guys. Right, shit. Prepare your world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, actually, popping over to Gotham now. Mm-hmm. Um, House of Cards vet uh, Nathan Darrow has been cast as uh, villain. Uh, Victor Freeze, Mr. Freeze, is going to be uh, popping on soon, and they have also um, they've also cast Nora Freeze, his wife, uh, Kristen Hager from Being Human. Oh yeah, she definitely looks like she could be hot inside of a ice tube. Which is a lot of her story arc in in a lot of versions. That's that's kind of all we've really gotten on Nora Freeze for the most Not part. Not a lot of backstory to Nora Freeze. She's just an idyllic she... creature stuck in time. Yeah. Um, yes. She, she is. literally she is an idea. She's not even a person. Like they they've not done that much with her right now. Don't get me wrong. They've I... cast her. We assume she moves because it does say live action right. in the description. So and why would they bother casting no. someone that they could just make out of like plastic and clay? Now, yeah, there is something that bothers me, and I mean, why would they, yeah, why would they why would they do that? Right, Kristen Kringle. <laughs> <laughs> why would they bother casting someone if they weren't going to do anything with them, Thea? Uh, uh, I'm just going to throw out a concern here. There is actually a a trope um, in comic books that that people and it's extended into movies. There's a bit in uh, classic. Well, not really classic, but Kyle Rayner, I'll say, Green Lantern stories in the 90s, where his girlfriend literally gets hacked up and put into a fridge as a plot point. Like, right. <laughs> as a plot point, you know, the female that we've come to know is literally used as a plot to further the male storyline. Um, and this looks just like what we're, that what that is. Like, because she's going to be in a fridge at some point. We don't know that. Like, I'll give them this. Nora Freeze. Look, there will be plenty of opportunities for us to rip Gotham apart in the future. For now, for, mm-hmm. for all we know, she's she's an actual person. For all we know, but and this Gotham is another hasn't opportunity. given us that yet. Yeah, I know, I know. And they haven't given us... In some cases, they've given us more and less hope. So I, 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 mm-hmm. I'd I, say coin toss, but... You know, it'd be kind of amazing if she like actually just thinks he's a creep and leaves him, and he like basically goes nuts trying. He just dies that she just has like this terrible disease and actually does put a freaking dummy inside of a refrigeration unit. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like he's after her the entire time and she won't come, and I was like, no, not another smart guy after a girl's story. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. We just got rid of that. Yeah. Oh, they'll give us time. Yeah, by the way, Gotham smart guys. Aren't necessarily, you know, socially retarded. Not necessarily. Just in case you didn't know. Just in case you didn't know. It, I mean, I'm not taking offense. I don't. I don't think I'm that smart. But I know guys. They're pretty smart and they're not crazy. <laughs> right. It is possible to be both <laughs> smooth and clever. <laughs> but in Gotham, if you were both smooth and clever, you would rule the world. 
Mm-hmm. As we've discussed, if, if you the average citizen has an IQ of, of about sixty-two. If you had a sliver of <laughs> common sense, right, you could rule the world. That's why Penguin's the king of Gotham right now. Yeah, he's, he's the only forward-thinking man in Gotham. That's his superpower. God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Yes, we're watching that um, show. Yes, we're covering it, and yes, it's it's sixty percent. We're annoyed. See you there. So much ado has been given over the, much ado has been given over the question of where is Harvey Dent on Gotham. Um, John Stevens said we are not playing any full Harvey Dent stories right now, but he's a part of our world that's for sure. Now, like a day later, they also reported, and there was a picture. Uh, that Theo Gallivan, who is running for mayor on Gotham, enlists the political clout of Harvey Dent, and there's a picture of them together, so we are going to get Harvey Dent soon. Right. It's just he's not going to have, like, a full-blown story. Right. Which is fine. We we should... They they did it well in the animated series, but I think they should really play that up for for a fairly long time. And honestly, if I'm, I don't even think they should actually get into Two-Face, really, on this show. I'm fine with... I, I'm fine with at least, let's put it this way, in season one, the reason we care still is because they gave him a couple of good scenes where it, you saw the seeds. You saw him growing. I'll take, mm-hmm. I'll take a few more glimpses at that tree in season two, and we'll get back to it later. You've already got the rise of the villains. I we see, don't have to get to Harvey yet. You can wait. I would love to see more and more stuff about it, but I don't want him to actually become Two-Face or anything. Like, the last scene of Gotham shouldn't even be Bruce putting on the suit. The last scene of Gotham should be Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Dent standing on the rooftop of GCPD uh-huh. talking to Batman as he like flies away or like glides away or whatever. And Harvey Dent like flipping his coin and Gordon smoking his pipe. That should be the last scene. <laughs> that could work. There should be like a little, a little, you know, oh, uh, never mind. Everyone goes to their separate corners. We'll meet again in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, now for those of you who, uh, I guess would be interested for the brief amount of time that you would be able to check this out while it was still going on, um, Haunted, the fourth, uh, episode of Arrow that, uh, actually, I guess it's the fifth, excuse me, isn't it? It's the fifth episode of Arrow with, with John Constantine. It has leaked online, It has, but it is, it is a screener, um, which never makes a difference, frankly. Yeah. I mean... But it's there if you if you want it. it I guess. Um, now, given that usually when there's a screener version available, it means they've ripped it previously so they can send it in for awards. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for some kind of award on this one. Not necessarily. I think it is a the reason that they have released that one as a screener specifically is to get those reviews in for the Constantine fans because it is technically a crossover episode and a big tentpole episode for well, sure. fans. I don't think they're looking for a, a, an award on it though. I don't know what that would be. Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. But um, you know, as far as additional content goes, Daniel Cerrone did us that favor, right? Like, we, I mean, we've got the well, yeah. we've got one fourteen. Like, we've already mentioned this on previous shows, but EP of Constantine just dropped episode one fourteen. Go find it on Dropback. This is he this did. isn't like a pirated thing. This is totally legit. Don't feel bad. Go find the thing and fucking read it. Yeah, and, it is uh, episode one fourteen. The the unproduced. I guess kind of final episode of of Constantine. I guess it was the last one written. Final for now. But, um, I, I suppose we have read it, and now, um, I remember the next them saying they had a couple a episodes it, but... available. Like I think, I think I remember them saying they had two or three like written. Oh, did they? Yeah, mm. this is a while back. Hmm. There's there's some googling to do. Well, 
we are going to uh, review that one. We are in the next episode. Yeah. And um, dude, Daniel Cerrone, if you want to release a few more, we'll read those and review those too, buddy. <laughs> we'll eat them alive, absolutely. And thank you. <laughs> um, now, apparently, they did. Uh, the the Arrow crew did have a hard time getting John Constantine on the show. Yeah. Like this is a one-off. If it's uh, popular, they might do it again. They say, but. Um, Matt Ryan was talking about how hard it was. He says, they moved heaven and earth to get me here. I was starting rehearsals for a play with uh, Kira Knightley in New York on the 1st of September. And originally, where the episode sat in the season, I wouldn't have been able to do it because of my schedule. But everybody just pulled together and moved some things around and really made it work. Now, what they do end up doing, though, is like changing the production schedule completely. Right. Which is just ridiculously hard to do. It is. Uh, they... Um, he he used the phrase "move mountains," man. Um, they're not yeah. wrong. Like, there's a lot of wheels in motion for just a single episode. So yeah, they, they made it work though. It was worth it, and I feel like it's worth it. And I haven't seen it, but I'm willing to bet it's worth it. And Matt Ryan <laughs> yeah. was certainly appreciative. Uh, he wanted to do it. Now he also he also says a couple of other things. He says um, talking about his character on Arrow. He says there are certain things that he's doing. He's like like picking up a sword and fighting with it that are slightly different. What's great about that episode is that John comes into this Arrow world and every everyone doesn't believe or doesn't know about these occult worlds beyond ours. And John's just like, look, this is the way shit is. And he's an arrogant bastard as well, so everyone's a bit thrown off by him. <laughs> just putting the trench coat on for Arrow, it did kind of sadden me a little bit. There are 300 issues of that comic book, and there are so many great stories to tell. We just We were just getting started, man. Yeah. And I like I weep at the sadness I imagine in his voice when he says we were just getting started. Yeah, we've already gone into that, I suppose. But damn it. Yeah, um, and we'll go into it more in the next episode. We damn but. straight will. But <laughs> it, come on, look, Constantine sword fighting, and and he's I'm I'm down. Yeah, and he's he's apparently for Arrow for some of the plot for this episode is going to be that he's going to explain to them you've been dealing with. The fascia. This there's a whole set of worlds you've never even seen, never dealt with, never fought against. All of that's out there, and it wants you. Fan fucking tastic. Mm-hmm. And like it leaves the big Let's question for me personally is there was the rising darkness. That's the phrase they kept using. All of that was mm-hmm. available on Constantine. That was the big bad. We didn't know where it was going exactly yet. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of wheels in motion, but the rising darkness was there and. We go over to a series where you have your main bad guy this season is Damien Dark. I'm not saying you make him that mm-hmm. on the nose, mm-hmm. but can we address the rising darkness? I really hope so, I'd man. Re- it would make me so happy. And conversely, it would make me extremely sad if they don't. Yeah. On one show, Satan's mad. On the other one, you know, come on. Like you, <laughs> you've, you've taken the stakes out a little bit. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I, I really. I, I want more. I want more of everything. I know. That's all I know. I understand. I understand. <laughs> and luckily, we're um, going to get it because at least several of the shows have not been canceled yet. So yay! Hey, look. Maybe right. the reviews do extremely well. I mean, I, or the actual ratings do extremely well. I. Yeah. I. I'm hoping. You know, once that the DVRs get involved, you know they do look at downloads. Mm-hmm. They don't like to admit it, but they do. Even pirated downloads, they look a little bit. They really, they don't. Mm-hmm. They, they won't admit it, but it's there. Oh, they look. They know. there is definitely there. They, they actually there is a. Um, I was just reading an article about it. And I didn't. I didn't think to that we would even be talking about it. But um, yeah, there actually is a um, 
an organization that the networks use to find out how many episodes of or how many times episodes have been downloaded. Right. Which is on torrent really sites. Really hard stuff. to get. It's it's hard to keep track. It's of. it's not even like a situation of like we're we're gonna crack down on these people. Or is like no, we want to know how how many people are watching here. Right. Whole. I mean, of course you would want to know. Of course you would. At the very least, you want to know. I mean, that the the problem they have is that even if they know, how do they monetize it? So what the fuck do they care? But it's still it's useful mm-hmm. information because it the way you monetize it and the current structure is people downloading a bunch of stuff means that they're actually the. The amount of downloads actually influence, if I think directly, if if not only a, a correlation, have an effect on the DVD sales. You can go out and buy a bunch of torrented episodes, but then when you actually get to go buy the cool DVD package of season whatever with all the special mm-hmm. features, you'll go do that too. And in some cases, yeah. the downloads helped you get to that point where you were willing to go drop that money. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's ideal. And I'm just saying they're aware that that is the thing that happens. Well, there's the other thing where you know you're a big fan of it. You want it but you can't afford that and all the merchandise that you want from it right so not even dvds but if you you know there are lots of different reasons why people do that and also with as many dc shows are coming out right now three of them being in canon with each other Mm -hmm. that's becoming more and more of an important necessity i think for for especially like especially with their like demographic being 18 to 45 man dim folks is broke a lot of them Mm -hmm. like College students can't do anything, but what they can do is download something off of a torrent. Right. Shit happens. And so anyway. you, you, you find a way to... to it, that's the fun part is you find a way to get to the property you love. And let's face it, these aren't just normal properties. These are these are comic book properties. We, we've loved them for long before we had the chance to see them on, on an actual screen anyway. Right. So right. You'll, you know, you'll fight heaven and earth yourself to go find the actual content, watch it, get it under your belt, and then when you get the chance, you'll go drop your money. Mm-hmm. But pretty much we're, we're past the point no, where there's there's any kind of barrier, you know, where if you really want to see something, you can go find it. Yeah. doesn't mean you're not going to go show your respect and drop your Benjamins. I'm going to pop over to the Flash now. Oh, absolutely. Talk a little bit about some stuff over there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they kind of explain why they brought in Miss West or Mrs. West or however you want to put it. Whatever she is now. Um, the useless character we know as having a last name West. Mm-hmm. But apparently there's a use. Uh, the, the EPs, the EPs say, uh, we always hated on TV shows that it's year two and somebody's like, well, cousin John's coming. And it's like, oh, good old cousin John, who no one ever mentioned before. It was always weird. The notion that they don't know Wally was sort of where that came from. And then that there, that was the idea that Francine was still alive. And then that whole storyline. Right. So they're looking to bring in Wally West, and obviously they couldn't. They kind of looked at their. Uh, well, I think it seem makes it seem like they just poor. Like they planned poorly <laughs> in season one <laughs> because we know that Wally is his nephew, and we're like, well, Iris doesn't have any any brothers or sisters. Uh, okay. And yeah, okay, yeah, it seems it, like they it, just planned that very it does. poorly. It sounds like and, they didn't set that. it up. They didn't think they were going to be able to use Wally. And then it came to the point where they realized, wait a second, we can do a whole thing here. But they didn't have any, mm-hmm. any that there was no way to put, put it in. So what they did instead is they've thrown in this character who introduced the fact that Iris could have a brother. So now we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, you don't get her now um, for not planning. On the other hand, eh, I mean, come on, we all forget shit. 
Yeah, no. I'll give um, him a pass on that. Here's something, and, though. It, it at least gives me some hope that they that there was some reason you brought in this lame-ass character to the show I love so much. <laughs> well, get ready to like it a little less. Um, they say that Iris is going to be keeping Wally a secret for a long, long time. It will weigh on her. It will weigh on her, man. That's I know. what's going to happen. I know. And we, were say, so Iris is now, we were so proud. We were so proud of the no secrets. Yeah. They say Iris is now in the position that Barry was in last year. She's keeping a secret to protect somebody. Mm-hmm. I lied to protect you. Mm-hmm. And she's going to find that for all of her anger at Barry and Joe from last year. Keeping this secret is not going to be so easy. And it's going to be on her before she finally decides to take some action in an upcoming episode. Now, look, they're saying that we're not going to meet Wally until the the later half of season two. So hopefully we won't be dealing with this secret for too terribly long. Yeah, I don't want it to be like plot B or even C. Honest, I don't even want it to be plot D through the rest of. Oh, it the, is. It is plot D. Is it? It's the really dick plot. To be plot D. Yeah. It's the dick plot. <laughs> that aside, we don't want it, and they were dicks for bringing it. Right. Uh, I I don't even want it to be that. I just want it to be something that like every few episodes, there's maybe you know a minute and a half of screen time about it every like mm-hmm. three episodes. It, that might work for me. It just come on, we have done it. We've done it all. How many times? It was a few months ago. We've we, we've called for the burning of the I lied to protect you card over and over again. We have, and we had hoped for hope, but we we may have found failure instead. <laughs> I'm going to pop over to something kind of really fun, though. Um, Do that instead. And this, yeah. this is why we have hope. Um, Stephen Amell put out a tweet. Um, he says, Always "My last scene hope, on that one." I know. My last tweet. Uh, sorry, my last scene on the Flash Arrow crossover ended like I thought it would, with me and Grant Gustin spooning. <laughs> <laughs> now, the the people who actually I there's can't remember some, who it was. There's some fanfic people in there that just lost it. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, someone, uh, whoever wrote the article, <laughs> they followed that up with, uh, it reads, um, last scene on the Flash Arrow crossover ended like I thought it would with me and Grant Gustin spooning, Stephen, 35, joked on Twitter after they rapped. I love how they throw in the 35 because it's almost like they're saying, you are too old to be making this kind of stupid ass joke. Yeah, I, I, I... I don't know what that is. I, there was a picture right by him. I assume they were just like in, internally. They were just like, I can't believe this guy's thirty-five years old, and just typed it without thinking about it, and no one caught <laughs> it and moved on with their day. Like it just, right? It's like twenty-two-year-old. Like, this is the way it seemed. It was like, so this is the dumb thing he said, and he's right. thirty-five, by the way. Also, a thirty-five-year-old. <laughs> um, this man later is that in day, charge though, of a child. Later that day, uh, Grant put on Grant Gustin. Uh, put on his Halloween costume and it was like being like one of the worst flash costumes you've yeah, ever seen. Yeah. He bought like, a, like not even the good version you can get at party city. He bought the one you can find elsewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> he says, got to shoot a one-on-one scene with uh, Tom Cavanaugh today for the first time in a while right. called for a photo. And, uh, Tom Cavanaugh apparently click, uh, came back and, I guess tweeted or Instagrammed um, another picture of Grant in that terrible suit with, and he all he said was hashtag cutbacks. <laughs> <laughs> because all the pictures just Kavanaugh looks really confused in the selfie with it, it's it's 
it's about as playful as I think they probably are in that set, which is probably part of the magic of why we like it. But I, I really I, hope I, the did. Kid I love Flash dressing up as Flash on the set of the Flash. Made me happy. Really did. I yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I I do want to say though, in reference to them playing around on the set, I he dressed up as I, Arrow, also funny. I really kinda hope that the kid playing Wally uh-huh. is just uh like constantly on set for no reason. And that James uh <laughs> Joe, the guy that plays Joe what is his name? Jesse L. Martin. Jesse L. Martin. Yeah, Jesse L. Martin. That he just continually keeps asking who who the kid is and no one will tell him. <laughs> <laughs> oh fun. Yeah. I could dig that. They're gonna actually tell him live. And record it. <laughs> right. That'll be part of the revelation in that episode. Apparently, very late in the season. Right. All right. Um. Well, that's all the news I have, man. Well, we were. Uh, did we mention Doctor Light? Oh no, we we decided not to, but we can. Oh no, we um, we, we came to a compromise on this. We were going to say Doctor Light's identity's out there if you want to, but you'll you'll see it by the time you see it anyway. So go for it. Oh, was that the compromise? I thought we were just kind of weren't going to mention it because it by the time this is out, the show would already be airing. <laughs> <laughs> either way it, it was a late version um i i will give you this all right i found i finally found my matthew mcconaughey uh suggestion oh yeah go for it man i had two left i want to say one the one i couldn't remember adam strange could not remember his name to save my life oh my god that would be awesome it'd Freaking be fun adam right strange yeah that would be perfect that would be like this that's what the real ending of interstellar should have been <laughs> he just runs off to just finds his Zeta beam. He's on his way. Right. And I mean, my my actual third suggestion. Wait, you, do you have any more on Adam Strange? I, I kind of wish they had done that, except it just would have been Christopher Nolan still in the freaking DC universe. <laughs> and yes, that would so, that would kill me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Jonah Hex. Ooh, I can see it. And uh, sadly enough, I felt like they made the right decision the first time with Josh Brolin. I just wish sure. the movie hadn't been shit. <laughs> sure, and completely I, wrong. I think a McConaughey Jonah Hex would kind of a little bit kill it. Mm, that would he would be good, man. He would. He, would. Be. he really would. He would be good. Um, he should just be D, uh, the DCEU version of Wally West, <laughs> Too... like from the future. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the aged version, because yeah, my Wally West is yeah. very young. But if yeah, right. if you use the if you use the older version, yeah, I could I could get behind that. Yeah, I don't know. I I would probably take. Uh, oh shit, dude, Guy Gardner. Oh god, that'd be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. I would love seeing him in that shitty ass haircut too. <laughs> It'd make me happy no. just to see him in that haircut. No. Yes, sir. Oh, no, Jason, hey, you brought it up. You brought the hair with it. I know. It's, it's not my train, man. I'm just riding it. Oh man. All right. I I think that's I think that's going to do it for us. Fair enough. Um first of all, thank you to uh to our uh our fans and, and listeners who who wrote in Randall Smith and uh also thank you to Christopher White. He sends us a lot of news and it's always really cool and helpful and uh, we really appreciate it, man. No, yeah. Um yeah. We, we've bordered on missing something here and there and, and remembered, like, oh, yeah, didn't Christopher send that? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, always bring in the good stuff. We are DC On Screen, and we are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. 
You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. Um, and if you'd like to contribute to the show in any way, first and foremost, I'd ask you to go and give us five-star ratings on, on iTunes and Stitcher and some good reviews. Those really do help us out. We do enjoy your feedback, and um, we will talk to you about that on the show and, and call you out. Have a good time. If you are if you are looking for a uh, similar podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, go check out our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall on the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast <laughs> or MCU. You just said Marvel like eighteen times. I know we said Marvel so many times in this episode. It's cinematic. Um, That'll get you Marvel get you every time. Cinematic Universe podcast. Well, no, well, cinema. I always want to say DC Cinematic, and there's no DC Cinematic Universe really. Not. It's, it's the DC, DC extended extended universe. No, as in not gosh. quite, just not this continuity, but another goddamn. We've talked about Didio at this point. Fuck. <laughs> Can't even go back into it. It riles me. Oh. I... Un- until next episode, keep some DC <laughs> on your screen. <laughs>